I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here for this extended interview with Greg where we will be talking about how to explore the world in unconventional ways. Hey Greg, welcome back. Oh, thank you, Debbie. Good to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Before we get to all about your incredible journeys around the world, can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? I live an offbeat life because I try to look at every moment as a new one and try to live in the present moment as much as I can, but I'm always willing to you know, start up a conversation out of nowhere with somebody that learn and look at things in a different way and try to be creative in, in the way that I approach life and be uh, offbeat in the way that with my humor and with the way I see the world. Love that. And you've gone through so many different changes, so many different adventures in your life. And one of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about, because you've traveled all over the world, and we talked about this in your last episode, and I asked you what was the best money you've ever spent, and you said it was working for how long? Like six months in a yogurt shop and then traveling (laughs) the world with it. First of all, when was this that you you could travel from earning from a yogurt shop and what was the actual like experience like? Because you went to India, you said. Where else did you go? This is incredible. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had uh, graduated. I got my credential, uh, University of San Francisco. But the teaching experience, correcting papers uh, during that time period, my student teacher was like, I, I really don't want to correct papers on weekends and, and go full-time teaching. And so I ended up uh, traveling across the country and ended up in Baltimore. I had been dating uh, dating a girl and uh, a woman, and then we broke up the day I got there. So oh, no. I ended up, yeah. So, but I was this even at that time I was like, okay, what adventure can I have? I knew I wanted to end up in on a big trip again. So I actually had a friend that lived in Baltimore. I stayed with her for a week, her and her husband, and I was looking through the newspaper. I, I was broke for the most part, I was pretty much broke. And I saw a job that said yogurt server. And so I said, okay, so and it was in a mall. And uh, this is like the last place I would thought I would end up, right? But I said, I'll just check it out. So I went there, I stood in this long line. And there was literally like 50 people applying for this job. I couldn't believe it. But it was a brand new mall, and a brand new uh, yogurt shop. And so I stood in that line. I get up to the gentleman uh, that was taking the applications, and he said, hello. And I said, yeah, hi. And he said, do you have any experience in the restaurant business? I said, yeah, I grew up around the fast food and uh, restaurant business. My father actually even had an Italian deli. 
called the Yellow Submarine Sandwich Shop. Uh, that we, <laughs> That's awesome. That my grandmother worked out, my my brother, and just it was a family uh, experience. But he goes, okay, you want to be my general manager? And I went, sure. So right off the bat, I get this job as a manager. He hired 58 people at this busy, busy yogurt place that we did $1.3 million in the first year. So you can imagine it was also selling salads and these frosty fruit shakes. So I, I wore my little uniform and I worked there and I was the manager and I saved my money. I lived in a place, it was 250 bucks a month. I slept on the floor, no heating, no air conditioner in Baltimore, but I saved my money. And uh, <laughs> over that time, I paid back a little student debt, uh, ended up saving $13,000 drove back home across the country, back to California. And then I took off and uh, ended up on a 10-month uh, adventure down through sub-Saharan Africa, crossing the Congo. I mentioned that to you before in a canoe, hitchhiking across the continent of Africa, and then on to India and Nepal, and, and basically home after that, going around the world. So speaking about an off- offbeat life, you know, that was yeah, uh, definitely one of my biggest ones. And it's so funny. It's like you broke up with someone and then you ended up finding a job in a yogurt shop and you ended up going to the Congos and hitchhiking. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny where life takes you in so many unexpected ways when you just start doing something, right? I love all these twists and turns that happens. And I do want to ask you about the Congos because I'm like, this, that's like one of the places I've always wanted to go to. And I'm so curious because I have, I don't think I've met that many people who have been there. Tell us your experience with that and being in a canoe and traveling around. Well, back then it was known as Zaire. And so it's a country, it was a country, is a country. It's now called the Democratic Republic of Congo. At that time, it was before the civil war they had. So this was 1993. And I went with my wife and uh, the first time she came, actually our kind of romance started in Africa. We were friends up to that point and she came and we actually just took off. And like her second day there, we were riding on trucks, train. I mean, we, we just found our way into Eastern Congo where the gorillas are, the mountain gorillas that is the endangered. So we went to see them. Uh, we didn't even have permits, permits ahead of time. We just, made our way and really spontaneous. But we ended up spending this magical hour with the mountain gorillas. Uh, It was in the Virunga uh, uh, National Parks area. And so that was my first entry into the Congo. But my plan was to cross the continent from ocean to ocean. So that was my goal in Africa. I was thinking about coming down from Egypt down to South Africa, but there was problems with Sudan. There's problems all over that part region of Africa that I decided uh, for safety reasons, I would uh, cross from the Indian Ocean to the Atlantic. So I actually started Southern Africa and hitchhiked and, you know, made my way all the way up uh, to Kenya. Susan came, we explored the gorilla. She ended up leaving. And then from there, I went back and I crossed the entire continent, crossed the Congo. That was a 51 day period of time. And during that time, I never like, spoke English to anybody. I never saw another traveler. I was completely off the grid, um, you know, the, to a point where, you know, I've never been that far off the grid before. 
uh, eventually the roads ran out and I bought a canoe and journeyed about 500 miles or so down the Congo River, sleeping in villages, you know, got malaria at that point uh, on the river. So I ended up sick, uh, but recuperated, made my way out all the way to Cameroon. So that's the, the short version of a very long uh, adventure. I love that. So for the 10 months that you were traveling around, did you have a moment of clarity? Like, or was it just reaction or even just trying to appreciate everything that you were doing? Because I feel like when we're in these types of situations that you're going to remember for the rest of your life, right? Like when you're really, really old and you're looking back in your life. That's This is one of the things that you're going to remember, right? This whole process, these whole moments, like the start of your romance with your wife, like seeing gorillas, you know, working in a yogurt shop that led you to a 10 month. Like this is something that we will remember forever, you know? So what were you thinking throughout this time? Like what, what were you learning about yourself and why was this a really important in your life? Was it pivotal? And what do you think changed or, or even made me realize about your life? Did you make any decisions? <laughs> I'm like, what did you think about Greg? <laughs> the precursor to that had always been like, I've taken multi month trips. And it was always the idea of learning, expanding my horizons, uh, and pushing the boundaries of travel and with myself. And I always thought about the idea of, of kind of stripping away the vestiges of, you know, our, the, the things, the materialism, the things of our, our world. And so I did have a, make a conscience, conscious effort to do that by crossing this part of the world, because I knew I would be going into the wilderness. I knew what I was getting myself into to a point when you leave all these things behind, I mean, I didn't see electricity for weeks, you know, like this, you know, getting so far removed. I didn't know what that was going to be like exactly, but I knew that there's a transformational element to that. I didn't expect the kind of profound change in my life that happened as a result. I couldn't see that coming, but I did have a moment. I don't talk about it very often, but there was a a moment, a time, uh, a feeling that came over me when I was deep in the Congo. I was on the river and I had been, I was probably, I'm certain the most removed from civilization that I had ever been. I don't think it necessarily has to happen at that time when a transformational experience happens. It could happen in your own backyard. Obviously things are, cannot be scripted, but I certainly had a feeling coming over, come over me that led to uh, some changes in my life. And basically it was to settle down that my free spirit that had been taking me around the world was going to need to be curtailed a little bit for a new kind of life. And that was more of a life of settling down. I started envisioning what it would be like to have a family, having a job where I, you know, settled into a teaching job where I would dedicate myself fully. And I even thought about working at the school I ended up at, which was the school I went to. My kids ended up going to, my parents went to, my grandparents, my grandfather went to, and even his mother attended. So it was a pretty major like vision of, of 
a more conservative life of settling down. And so, and then I thought about Susan, we had traveled together and I thought about uh, what that might be like to, you know, take that to a more serious level, which we ended up dating when I got home. And so, yeah, so it was uh, definitely a, a changing point in my life. And I think having that, having traveled, no matter where you're at in the world, when you travel and you get that out of your system, so to speak, I do believe that um, when you're older and you look back, you don't have that like aching feeling of, oh, I wish I would have, or gosh, I didn't get to live my dreams and, you know, get better about that. Or so I believe fully living your dreams and travel is a big part of that for me, obviously. And for, I'm sure for most of your listeners that that travel experience can lead to, you know, that kind of transformation and, and memories and, and getting away from our day to day so that you can have a fresh way of looking at things. So it's multifaceted and yeah, I love, I love to travel. And that was <laughs> one of my experiences. I definitely see that. And I think, I have similar instances in my life where in my 20s, it was really about traveling and figuring things out. And actually, after leaving my job and starting my podcast and traveling for work, not from leisure for adventure, it allowed me to see different aspects of traveling. And then now with COVID, it actually makes me appreciate being at home. And I'm like, I like staying in one place for a long period of time. I like having not necessarily roots in some place, but really learning the area, really spending time with the people that you love. But I wouldn't have gotten to that point if I didn't do all of those things that you're talking about, Greg, like exploring, adventure, trying new things that you always wanted to do. And I I honestly think that every single person should do that, whether they're young, they're old, they're middle age, if you haven't done that, because it's such a pivotal part of your life to try new things and try it out for yourself and not just by reading it or letting other people tell you about their experiences. It's a totally different thing when you can experience that for yourself. So I love it. I love this journey that you went on, Greg. And I think a lot of travelers have felt that and I'm sure a lot of people have that bug right now in them because we're kind of situated in just one place. But I do know some people who are still out there and doing it and still trying to, to figure things out. And that's a good way to do that. Greg, thank you so, so much for being here with us today. I really appreciate it. And I said this to you before. I'm like, once the pandemic is done, I'm definitely going to meet up with you somewhere and just listen to you talk about your travels and <laughs> because you have so many more adventures that I haven't heard of and now new ones too. So if our listeners want to know more about you, Greg, about what you do, where can they find you? Well, they can find me on matamo.travel and matamo is the first half of the word metamorphosis, matamo.travel. And they can also email me at hello at matamo.travel hello at matamo.travel, or they can listen to stories on the Matamo Travel podcast. Perfect. Thank you again, Greg, for being here with us. We really appreciate you. Thank you, Debbie. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Greg. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's 
theoffbeatlife.com to get a full interview where he shares how he's been able to provide transformational travel experiences in Africa. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing, to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Live. I'll talk to you soon.